and welcome to the TNB Show. I'm Timothy Bame. And I'm Alex Thomas. And we are coming to you three weeks after our last show because last week we were off for spring Spring break. break. Spring Spring break. break. Spring break. So much fun. Um, Also got to enjoy some great UNC basketball that did great in the first round and actually just actually watched a ton more. More NCAA basketball. My bracket was totally busted. But Who'd you pick in your final four? Just curious. Okay, my final four. Uh, I had UNC winning it all. Had them beating Oklahoma, uh, and then the other two teams that made the final four: Virginia and Kansas. Oh, so your bracket's still whole as of this recording. As um. of this recording, my final four is still good. Um, we're just so you everybody knows we're recording this on Friday morning. So March twenty fifth. So there's right. a few games tonight, and of course a few games Saturday yeah. and Sunday. So. so Kansas and Oklahoma won on Thursday. So there's they're already good for the Elite Eight and hopefully uh UNC and Virginia do really well tonight as well. Well, I'm in a little bit of a different situation. And and different at, by different I mean uh I think my bracket has been taken out back, beaten to death revived and then beaten to death again um i did pick some good upsets i did pick wichita state to go and uh, take on miami though i did pick them to beat miami which didn't happen but uh my final four was kansas oklahoma carolina and michigan state and my championship was kansas taking on michigan state so yeah i didn't pick unc that got that hey see that's why you have to have faith the problem is Carolina is a first as a uh, second half team. We're horrible in the first half. So I was thinking, okay, when we finally play a big opponent, right, like Michigan State, we're going to lose. And it turns well, out Michigan State ended up losing in the first round to Middle Tennessee State of all places. Which fun fact about Middle, T- Middle Tennessee State University: the campus is literally in the geo like the geographic center of Tennessee. Wow! Like part of the campus is actually located in the geographic center. That's why. It- that's why it's called Middle Tennessee, right smack dab in the middle. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, getting back tournament, this, getting back this week was getting back to break and everything else. Getting back this week was a pain in the tail because I didn't realize how much stuff I had to do this week until I got back into town uh, Sunday night and I realized that a eleven-page paper <laughs> due Tuesday. Well, it was a draft, so it was like it was pretty much pass fail. All you had to do was turn in, and everything would be fine. And then I had a uh, another kind of research, a shorter, a shorter research paper due Thursday, along with a like a four, three page response for that same class due the same day. So this week's been a little bit yeah. stressful. Plus, um, I'm actually trying to help another uh, production I'm part of, Carolina Connection, create a podcast of its own. So last night I was writing a script for that, and hopefully that will go well. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. CarolinaConnection.org. If you want to listen to the the hippest of news uh, bites from Alex, and um, his, we have good staff. So um, actually, I think if I remember correctly, I, I can't I can't pinpoint the amount of awards and everything else that we've won because I'm not that kind of person. But um, <laughs> not not the TNB show, but for Carolina Connection. Um, I guess I should backtrack and explain it a little bit. Caroline Connection is a student-ran uh, radio production at the UNC's at UNC's School of Media and Journalism, 
And it turns out we're actually one of the most award-winning productions at the J School. So we win more than any of the television shows, hey, and we're nice. praised more than any of the television shows. And that's not thanks to me. That's thanks to all the, the people that came before me, because to be honest, I'm not that great in terms of radio. Um, I, I can, I can uh, fiddle my way and make myself look good. I'll, I can say that much. Um, and it turn and like we've won, uh, like best collegiate radio program, I think five out of the last six years. So we're, we're doing pretty good. Hey, you've got at least part of a role in that. So yeah. congratulations. I, I always cover boring stuff with it. So I ever always cover, uh, higher education leadership, leadership decisions and stuff like that. And really nothing that's really too enticing, but at the same time, um, you know, it's things that need to be covered, so I can I can take I can roll with it. Not like the stuff we cover here. Not like the stuff. Well, well we cover some serious stuff. Yeah, that that is true. That um, is true. I would I wouldn't go that far. I mean, there was one week where we talked about country music and um, the CMAs and all that fun stuff. But at the same time, we t- we take a lot of time to do serious stuff, so I wouldn't degrade us that much. Right now, we're talking about March Madness, but uh, on a very serious note, this week uh, we had. Unfortunately, another uh, massive terrorist attack to hit Europe. This time, it was in Brussels. Um, I believe 37 was the death toll, something like that. Uh, so, just an, another really... Two Americans were among those yes, who were killed. Uh, another really just tough situation. A, an airport and a subway station were bombed. Um, really, I'm, I'm running out of words. It's, it's upsetting to me, people's reaction, just like, just like Paris, you know, you'll see people, they'll change their Facebook pictures or they'll say, je suis Brussels or whatever. But I mean, what difference is that going to make? I feel like no one has... A good answer well, I mean, for how we respond to this situation. Well, I, I and I've kind of implied this on the when we talked about the attack in Paris, and I didn't really get out and I, I kind of danced around the issue, if you will. But it's a good form of slacktivism when you just change your profile picture and don't do anything else. And to me, it always seems like you don't really care about the situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that people do. I'm not saying that people don't. Um, it's just my personal opinion on this: is the fact that oh, it's easy to go change a profile pic, but you know, Red Cross needs donations. All these other things mm-hmm. need donations and need mm-hmm. help. Um, you you can go a little bit further than just changing your profile pic, which takes what thirty seconds to do. It's not that hard to do at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and um, on that also on that note, on regarding slacktivism and what we did when we did Paris. I mean, I men- I know I mentioned it. Um, I believe on that show. I know I mentioned it in my column for the Daily Tar Heel regarding the Paris attack. I know I mentioned on the sh- where we, when we talked about it, um, it's very easy to go out there and say, just we Belgium or just we Charlie or just we Paris or something like that. It's, it's simple to do. Um, it does not take that much courage or bravery to do it at this point. Um, but how, what's the point where we go just we Charlie or just we Belgium or just we X, Y, Z and actually do something about it. We, we, something has to change in the process. We, mm-hmm. we have to be careful with it, though, because we can't go out there and say certain people are threats and certain people are not threats and make that that certain people category too broad. OK, mm-hmm. I mean, 
we've seen what happened after 9-11. We've seen what happened after certain attacks in regards to how mm-hmm. Muslims were treated in this country. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't have anything in terms of um, serious. We didn't have anything similar to what we saw in something like Reconstruction or the Civil Rights mm-hmm. Movement, obviously. Right. But at the same time, um, I mean, there was a culture that was created that was not friendly to people who followed the Islamic faith. And it's upsetting because the vast, 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 vast majority of individuals who follow Islam are normal people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately the the one person that's ruining the millions of other people, if you will. I mean, there's Muslim, uh, Islam is the second biggest religion, or is it the first? Uh, second. Okay, it's the second. And Christianity's first right now? Yes. Correct? Okay. Um, I know that the trends are showing that that's going to change relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, getting back to it, I mean, you can't go out there and say that one faith or one type of person is to blame, especially when that category is too broad. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to say if you want to say ISIS is, which ISIS is claiming responsibility for this, I think mm-hmm. no one's going to have a problem with that. If you want to say let's stop ISIS and let's all work together and all that fun stuff, go ahead. But you can't go out there and say Muslims are doing this. That's way too broad, and that's I mean, it's at that point you're and you may be influence people to go and um, commit hate crimes against others. Right. Here's here's I think a problem that we have is that we tend to think that all Muslims are the same and they all believe the same things, but they're not. It's just like any other religion. It's like Christianity. Christianity has a wide range of people with a wide range of opinions and lifestyles. I mean, you have you have very liberal Christians with very liberal de- denominations. You have evangelicals far-right conservatives also and it's the and it's the same way in islam and so this is a there are certain certain groups certain uh fundamentalist islamic groups who are the ones who support jihad and these uh terrorist acts the problem is is that uh, is that a lot of those fundamentalists are now living among us. And ha- we have to find a way where we can find out who these people are without, you know, demonizing an entire religion or an entire group of people. So it's it's just a really difficult situation. Exactly. Um, but that hasn't stopped our beautiful, beautiful presidential candidates from commenting on it. And by beautiful, beautiful candidates, I mean, dear, 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 oh dear, oh dear, this is not going to end well when the, when November comes around because these people kind of suck. So really the <laughs> comments that were said this week, especially from our two Republican front runners, kind of sucked. Uh, yeah. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Uh, whichever you would rather start with. So, well, let's start with Ted Cruz. Uh, I mean, Ted Cruz's uh, basic proposal was, of course, trying to figure out a way to surveillance those who ha- would possibly be a threat. Basically, in other words, he wanted to, um, and I don't want to 
put the, put this too far out there, but he basically wanted to surveillance Muslims and make sure that America was kept safe. And everyone, when they saw that, rightfully got upset at him. And he got fried for it. I mean, the mayor of New York and I believe the police chief or one of the individuals of the New York Police Department, one of the higher-ups, I mean, came out and opposed it because New York City had done a similar project when uh, Michael Bloomberg was mayor. Mm -hmm. And they had surveillance Muslim neighborhoods and Muslim community centers and Muslim schools and all the stuff. And it did nothing to solve the issue of terrorism. And instead, it just compromised people's rights in the name of safety. So, I mean, they came out and said, look, you cannot do this. This is flat out, A, ineffective, and B, it's discrimination against the people for following their own religious beliefs, a religion that is mostly peaceful. So, he got rightfully fried, and I, I can't, I can't, it hurts me to say this, but the liberal, progressive, nanny state leadership of New York City was right. Ugh. Well, the the Bloomberg example was the the argument that the Cruz campaign made that they you know they said look this is something that they've done in New York for a really long time they you, you say it didn't have any role they say it had played a huge role I'm not gonna make that make that argument one way or the other because I just don't know but you know it's is tough because, like I said, we've got to find some sort of solution to this problem. You know, sur surveilling mosques is kind of weird because because mosques are public houses of worship, or they should be. And so, if someone if someone attends one and just you know listens to what's being said, I'm not sure that's as big of a problem it's not it's not spying so to speak because they're supposed to be at least public events public houses of worship so i don't have too much of a problem with that policy i think cruz could have worded it in a better way but it is what it is and i mean i can on I can honestly see how that can be interpreted as very flammatory. Which brings us to Donald Trump. Oh, goodness. You know, really quick before we get into Donald Trump, I mean, we had Fox News come out again, make another statement again, in regards to Donald, Donald's continuous comments regarding Megyn Kelly, and Fox News basically said, we're standing up for Megyn, Megyn's a great journalist, blah, 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 blah. And then they continue putting Donald on the air. So good job, Fox, for really standing up for yourself, mm -hmm. really, really showing the world that you have the guts and the spine to stand up to bullies. Really, really, really proud of you guys. Um, but it's interesting because guess who was the first person to really respond to the Brussels attack on Fox News? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump, the man who goes after anybody, including your own anchors. But some organizations will just shrug their shoulders and not really care what they do because the money's too dang important. Mm -hmm. I mean, for goodness sake, CBS's president came out and said, look, Donald Trump's great for business. That's why we keep on putting him on. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's also remember something with Trump related to Brussels. He's tough on refugees and about screening Muslims and everything like that. 
he was he was a latecomer to the party. You know, at the beginning of the campaign, he was fine with refugees coming in. He's he was on a interview on Fox News actually saying, I remember him saying, you know, I don't necessarily like it that we're having this refugee crisis, but America's got to contribute and we've got to take some of them. Uh, Paris San Bernardino happened? Nope. Absolutely against it. And you know what else? We're going to register all Muslims and we're going to completely ban them from entering the country. I mean, it's, total, total 180. I mean, it's, it's Totally political opportunism. That's all it is. I mean, it's great. I think it, personally, I think I would label this grade A hate. I mean, that's just me. I mean, I, I know it maybe seemed a little bit too harsh, but personally, I think stances like that, just you know, going after one religion as being the issue here, not not the not the things that happen to have mm-hmm. that religion in its name, but the religion as a whole. I mean, just going after that. I mean, I think it's just grade A hate. Um, but that's my personal two cents on that. Anyway, I mean, it plays well. I mean, even I mean, it plays well with like the conservative far right wing crowd that we have today. I, I think, I think it plays to more than that. I even Piers Morgan after Brussels came out with an article. I think it was in the Daily Mail, and or one of the British papers. I can't remember which one, but was saying, you know what is. Trump all that wrong mm-hmm. and what did Trump but, I mean based on everything that's happened I mean I even I had to think about it like I mean I mean he's 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 presenting something based on the fear that a lot of people I you know for good reason have that these that these attacks are becoming more and more prevalent I think we're one ISIS attack in the United States away from Trump winning the election. I think that I think that this issue really could win Donald Trump the election. If an attack were to happen. If an attack were to happen. Um, real quick, because I know we skipped over this. Um, we forgot to mention Donald Trump's comment on Fox Business. And I yes. know we we're eventually getting to it. But at the same time, I figured we probably need to get to it sooner before we before we got uh, too far away from it. Did I say Fox Business or did I say Fox and Friends? You said Fox Business. It was Fox and Friends. I apologize. But uh, Donald Trump said, you know, I will tell you, I've been talking about this for a long time. And look at Brussels. Brussels was a beautiful city, a beautiful place with zero crime. And now it's a disaster city. It's a total disaster. And we have to be very careful in the United States. We have to be very careful and very vigilant as to who we allow in this country. And, of course, um, CNN, when they were typing this article that I'm stealing that quote from, uh, actually included Trump's comments on waterboarding and using torture. It's I don't understand how how did he become the Republican frontrunner? I mean, you would figure after you know taking you know after taking the House in 2010, losing 2012, and winning the Senate in 2014, you think the GOP would be better prepared to take Hillary Clinton on? And this is the person you're going to go with. The ball Republicans, is literally in your court. Republicans had a golden opportunity to win the election if they would have just nominated a good candidate that everyone could get behind. I mean, this was a but, slam dunk situation where all you had to do was show up, say, I'm not Hillary Clinton, and win. That's all you had to do. 
And instead, you opted to the beat party, Donald Trump the front runner. The party completely dropped the ball, and they dropped the ball because basically they were trying to run out the clock. Uh, we had a majority in the Senate and the House after the 2014 election, but we didn't have a veto-proof majority. And so we were forced to negotiate with the president. You know, a lot of people, a lot of congressmen and senators who were campaigning in 2014 promised to abolish Obamacare. They pr- made tons of promises that they were going I mean, that's to how pass. Ted Cruz got elected yeah, to the Senate. that they were going to pass conservative policies, but they could not do it. They could not do it because, I mean, they tried multiple times to repeal Obamacare, but it's not going to happen when you don't have 60 people in the Senate and you have a Democratic president. And people didn't seem to understand that. And so they were angry. They It appeared to them that Republicans were giving up on their values because they weren't fighting for anything. And for that reason, they totally threw the establishment away. I mean, technically, Donald Trump doesn't have the nomination on lock yet. I should say that. So he does not have it on lock. However, I mean, he still has leading delegates. Ted Cruz is luckily providing Ted, enough buffer. Ted, that Ted where, Cruz is an anti-establishment guy, too. But Ted Cruz, would Ted Cruz be as bad as Donald Trump? I would say not. I mean, even with those comments that he said in New York about New York City and um, regarding the surveillance program that he wants, um, I still don't think he's that He wouldn't be he's, as bad. He's saying this because he knows with this electorate in this Republican primary, it's a popular thing to say. He's having to, he's having to uh, adapt his platform to appeal to some people who might support Trump, and so that's I think that's what he's doing in this situation. And then, and then of course, you have the attack on the wives that are coming out and. Marco's attacks on Trump when he was in the race. This election just sucks. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't even talk about, we we haven't had a show since the protests in Chicago mm-hmm. and all the things going on at Trump rallies. It's, my, it's a as mess. You, as you said in, in uh, Hickory a few weeks ago, my rallies are love fest. And then followed you follow that with, of course, him enticing and condoning violence. And you realize, mm-hmm. yeah, these are these are love fests. Offering, if you like offering, Donald Trump, offering to pay the legal fees. I mean, he did back uh, away from that. To be fair, um, okay, that's true. Now and then, there were some, there were some attacks that I would say are somewhat justified. For instance, in Arizona last week, um, there were some protesters who entered the rally wearing KKK like attire and things. And an African-American Trump supporter went up and punched him and attacked him. And I don't, I don't, think, I don't, don't think that is you know, Violence a, itself is never a good thing. But when you're – these mean, these people who show up to protest at Trump rallies, I mean, they're, they they're, know it's coming. I mean, I don't think – They are there to inflame and to create tension. He, That's their – goal here's the thing i live under the philosophy of you don't throw a punch unless someone throws a punch at you 
um, which basically Absolutely. means you never throw a punch. Um, unless, of course, someone throws a punch at you, then that's a little different situation. But, um, I mean, I don't think there's a situation enough at a Donald Trump rally where violence was the answer. I don't care if it was the guy walking down there wearing KKK hoods or the guy getting thrown out there in Charlotte um, a few, or not in Charlotte, but in Fayetteville a few weeks ago. I mean, there's never an excuse to, to have violence unless someone is, of course, threatening you. And um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know what else to say, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows the political culture that we have now. It show, it shows you how insane we've become. Um, to be yeah. honest. Uh jeez. My my head's just on the microphone because it's it's just like I can't take any more time. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, do you want to This wanna, is MS. Do you just want to wrap the show up? Uh, when my <laughs> tournament looks better than this election has, uh you know that there's a problem. You just know ending on such a depressing note. Yes. Um well, okay. So there are two weeks away, or at this point, probably yes, a week or two away from the next primary. So fortunately, we have a little bit of a a break from it all. But thank prob- goodness we don't have any debates but, anymore. Thank oh, but no break from the rhetoric. That's for yep. sure. Lion Ted Cruz. We, we didn't. We didn't even talk about the wives and the families well, getting involved either. I so. did make. I did make note of it. But to be honest, I feel. I feel that debate's just never going to end. Why go after wives and children? Jeez, it's like they're wives and children. Um, Only in the 2016 campaign. Uh, <sighs> well. I, I don't even know what to. I, think, I don't even know what to say. I think that's. Uh, I think that does. I think that's where week. we'll leave it. Uh, so thanks for joining us yeah. for this week's Teen B Show. So be sure to. Sorry, we're not the most delightful of people this week. Um, be sure to give us a like on Facebook or a follow on Twitter. For Alex Thomas, I'm Timothy Bain. Goodbye from Chapel Hill.